0: You can run, but you can't hide. It's far too late for that. Welcome to the dark side, where the night never ends. As Fangoria presents Dread Time Stories with your
1: host, Malcolm McDowell.
2: The house, just outside sleepy Middleton, Ohio, was a real bargain for the Blooms. The young couple were thrilled to have a house of their own so early in their marriage. And this was a handsome home indeed. A turn of the century, arts and crafts affair. Two stories of character and understated grace. They knew that the place had a violent history, but that didn't bother them after all. It was such a steal. Oh, you aren't familiar with the history of the house? It's well known among aficionados of murder and the occult. In 1952, or was it 51, local attorney Regal Bloodworth learned that his young wife had been unfaithful. In the middle of the night, ripped by a terrible storm, Regal arose and went downstairs and found a butcher knife in the kitchen. Up the back stairway he went, to the bedroom of his wife. They say she awoke just before the blade fell. Of course, many a husband has dispatched a cheating wife, so... horrible though the 18 bloody wounds had been, that wasn't enough to earn this home the designation of the House of Blood. You see, after Regal Bloodworth killed his wife, he crossed the hall and slashed the throats of their two sleeping children, a boy, Adam, four, and a girl, Eve, six. Then Regal Bloodworth returned to the rear stairwell, where he threw himself down to his own death. Other mysterious deaths have occurred in the so-called House of Blood, over the years, which is why the place stayed on the market so long. A full five years since the last residence ran from the place, putting it on the market dirt cheap. Which brings us back to the Blooms. You've spent a harrowing week in the house, only to return to the office of real estate agent Bill Harrison to express their dissatisfaction.
3: Mr. Harrison, it's a nightmare. Only you can't wake up from it. Every night it's the same. Ghostly figures move throughout the house, hazy figures. Yeah,
4: we've both seen them, but that's just the start of it. They're, they're screams, Mr. Harrison. Call me
5: Bill, Roger. Please, Lisa, just calm down. We'll work this out.
3: Mr. Harrison, Bill, it never lets up. It's like the victims of that murder are still there, just lingering like smoke. But smoke that screams.
5: You're living on the outskirts of town. Really, out in the country.
3: Uh, Yes, and being isolated doesn't make it any easier.
5: No, but the kind of sounds you can hear in the country added to the reputation of the place might make a person's imagination run wild.
4: Bill, one person can imagine something. Two people can't imagine the same thing. This is real.
5: This isn't like returning a dress or lawnmower, folks. You've closed on this house. You've lived in it for a week.
4: Your only option is... Put it back on the market. Do it. I don't care if we suffer a loss. I don't know if we can stand another night of that horror show.
3: I don't care if we spend the rest of our marriage in a one-room apartment. We have to dump the place.
5: I've done some research. This is not the first time something like this has come up in the real estate game. Whether what you're perceiving is real or imagined, there are steps that can be taken.
3: What kind of steps?
5: Possibly we could have an exorcism performed.
3: Really?
4: What exactly are you suggesting?
5: Let's bring in a group of psychic investigators to spend a night in the house. Maybe when you're away.
4: Ghost hunters, you've got to be kidding me.
5: Why are you kidding me?
3: Roger, what can it hurt? Mr. Harrison, Bill, can you put this in motion for us? Certainly.
0: Fangoria's Dread time stories will continue in a moment. Now, back to Fangoria's Dread Time stories and House of Blood.
2: On a chill autumn night just before 10 p.m., a panel truck pulls up in front of the turn-of-the-century home on the outskirts of Middleton. At the wheel is Roy Farrell. Several years out of college, where he has majored in film and video production. Dark-haired and handsome, in sweatshirt and jeans. He's just a little full of himself.
6: So this is the House of Blood. Looks pretty harmless to me.
7: Mm, You know the old saying, looks can be deceiving.
2: Rod's passenger is Francine Wonder, noted physical medium an attractive redhead in her early 40s. Francine is what you might call an earth mother type, though her caftan cannot conceal her curves. A car pulls up in behind the panel truck, a handsome sedan with a handsome driver, Dr. Simon Quest, himself noted ghost hunter. In his early 50s, with a nice trim devil's beard, A big man, bulky, but not fat, in his tweeds. Dr. Quest is accompanied by his lovely young wife, Nikki.
8: Judging by the history of this house, my dear, I think we may have the makings of another book for you. Perhaps another bestseller.
9: Darling, the book market is so soft right now. I must encourage you to listen to what Rod is saying about a television show.
2: Nikki, a lovely brunette with a slender, fetching shape enshrined in dark sweater and slacks, met her husband when he was teaching at a Catholic college. Their love was deep, so deep in fact, that Father Quest gave up the priesthood. But the doctor of sacred theology has never turned his back on the practice of exorcism.
8: I've allowed Mr. Farrell his gizmos and video gear, but only to facilitate our work. We must never lose sight of our main mission. We're here to help. Not to line our pockets. To make this house a home worth living in for the current owners. And to free any lingering spirits from their temporal purgatory and send them on to their next, we would hope, more rewarding plane of existence.
9: Darlene, if it weren't for the books I've written about our investigations, we wouldn't have any money at all. You won't even charge these homeowners for our services.
8: That would be wrong. That would make for what Francine Wonder would call terrible karma.
9: Perhaps, but doesn't an exterminator charge for ridding a house of bugs or vermin? Isn't your service worth at least that much?
8: It would violate the purity of our mission, my dear.
9: Simon, our book sales are off. I don't even know if we can get another contract but with Rod's new approach, we can parlay what remains of our fame into reality TV.
8: We'll talk about it later, child. Mr. Farrell is unloading all of that fancy equipment of his, and we really should help.
2: Everyone pitches in, even psychic medium Francine, as the little band of paranormal investigators enters the house.
6: So the owners are away, leaving us mice to play?
8: Something like that, Mr. Farrell. The couple living here have been suffering hell on earth. We're here to help them. Please remember that.
3: Well, they
6: could use some help on their taste in furniture. This great old house, ruined by all this bland, modern junk?
9: Maybe it's all they can afford, Rod. I understand. They bought this property for a song because of the... history. And the ghosts.
6: Hey, Doc. Should I set up the laptops on the dining room table?
8: No, use our card table for that. In the living room, the paucity of furniture will be helpful.
6: Not
9: much to trip over.
6: The dining room table will be perfect for our seance. A seance, huh? That is very cool. That will make rockin' TV. Mr. Farrell.
7: Something's going to happen tonight.
6: What is it,
8: Miss Wonder? What is it you sense?
7: Can't you feel it? The air hangs heavy with negative energies. Our previous two attempts at ghost hunting were less than fruitful. Hmm. But here, in this house of blood, we will be successful.
6: If you call encountering a dead maniac a success.
8: In this case, it would be. It most certainly would be, Mr. Farrell. You're a reasonably intelligent young man with considerable valuable training. But your attitude troubles me.
6: It's just a defense mechanism, Doc. I'm as interested in the spook stuff as you are.
8: Spook stuff. Yes, I'm sure you are. Before you arrange your equipment, let us take a tour of the house. I'll show you where the tragedies took place.
7: I would suggest we stay together or in pairs at all times. Come
6: on, guys. Ghosts are harmless. They're souls trapped between dimensions. That's what I believe, anyway. I don't disagree with you, but
8: with a house like this, This one, it's not merely ghosts we could be dealing with.
2: Well, what else then? Demons, evil spirits seeking hosts. Quickly, Dr. Quest walks his team through the downstairs of the house, noting the stairway just off the entryway. The living room to the right, the dining room to the left, the kitchen connecting to the dining room. In the kitchen, Dr. Quest slows his pace. The downstairs is of little concern to us, with two exceptions.
8: Both here in this kitchen, uh, that is the drawer from which Regal Bloodworth removed a butcher knife. And this is the rear stairway that he ascended to do murder, after which he threw himself down to his death. Shall we take these stairs for our tour of the second floor?
6: I've got my mini HD cam, Doc. I'm going to be shooting, Okay?
8: Please do. We want a record of our activities and those of anyone anything else in this house. Here we are. To the right is a guest bedroom, which does not concern us. To the left, a sewing room, which is also of no particular interest. To the left is the master bedroom. This is where Mrs. Lucille Bloodworth met her doom.
6: (laughs) Doc, that sounded pretty corny. Would you mind taking that again, but maybe say, where Lucy Bloodworth was mercilessly butchered by her own husband? Mr. Farrell, in life, there are no second takes. Okay, you're the one who's gonna come off cheesy.
8: And this bedroom here on the right is where Regal's children were killed in their beds. Let's step inside. The couple living here at the present time have no children, and as you can see, This is a sort of den, a a television room.
6: Nice flat screen.
8: Try to imagine the two little beds there and there, Adam and Eve.
7: Biblical names. He was a religious man, Regal
9: Bloodworth. I don't see how a religious man could kill his own children.
8: Abraham was prepared to do so.
7: What? Lincoln? They are here. What? I sense two presences. Oh, it must be the little ones. Here they were slain. Here they remain. Well,
6: at least they have a TV.
8: Not amusing, Mr. Farrell. It is probably too much to expect you to treat the living with respect, but I must insist you respect the dead.
6: Like I said, just a defense mechanism, Doc. No offense meant. Can I tell you what I have in mind for tech? You may. We're gonna have HD minis in both murder rooms. These will capture high-quality sound as well, then another mini in the hall, and on those back stairs, too. All wireless, fed back to the main hard drive system. That sounds good,
9: Rod. Right, Simon?
6: It does. Can we head downstairs so I can show you how the rest of the gear will be deployed? Certainly, Miss Wonder. Are you alright?
7: I don't sense them now. They were here. They were here.
2: Come along, Miss Wonder. Soon Rod Farrell has arranged three linked laptops on the card table set up in the living room.
6: Now, I have handheld meters available for anyone who wants one. I'll be using one when I'm not manning the tech control center.
9: I'll take one. We used these last time, right? They measure the electromagnetic field.
6: You got it, Mrs. Quest. All entities are energy. Look for fluctuation. You want one, Doc? No, thank you. How about you, Ms. Wonder?
7: No, I would like to go upstairs and pray in the children's room.
6: Sure. I've got another half hour of setup down here, and then 15 minutes to half an hour upstairs, setting up the minicamps. Will we be ready by midnight? The old witching hour? Sure, Doc. You can have your seance right on time. I will accompany
2: Ms. Wonder upstairs and join her in prayer. Do that, Doc. Soon, Dr. Quest and Francine have gone, and Rod and Nikki are alone. At last.
9: Kiss me. Please, kiss me. Put your hands on me. Put your hands on me. Take it easy, baby. Stay cool. There's a time and a place. We're fine. They're upstairs. It excites me thinking that he's so close and we're, let's do it here. Right here. What?
6: On the floor? No way.
9: Just behave, sugar tits. I want him out of my life. Why don't you just let me divorce him? Just divorce his ancient ass.
6: told you a hundred times, Nick. You cannot divorce that man. You will lose all your credibility as a ghost hunter.
9: I can't stand it. I can't stand having his hands on me.
6: You think I like the idea? Look, are you willing to really go for it like we talked?
9: What, here? Tonight?
6: Here. Tonight. If Simon Quest were to die under mysterious circumstances, during a ghost hunt, his grieving widow would inherit not just the money, which you mostly made for him, ghost in his books, but that big rep of his. You would be the surviving Quest, the beautiful ghost hunter who went bravely on after the tragic death of her beloved. Is there... do you have a plan? Less you know, the better. But I'll tell you this much. Your boy, Rod, will place those HD minicams right where he can get the best shots and where he knows just how to stay out of frame.
9: I'm afraid, Rod. Kiss me. Kiss me!
6: Okay, Nick. Just don't get carried away.
0: Now, back to Fangoria's Dread Time stories and House of Blood. While Nicky and Rod
2: deal with the laptops, HD, minicams and murder plans, Dr. Simon Quest and his psychic medium Francine Wonder have gone upstairs to what had been the room of the two murdered children. In what is now the den, we find them kneeling in prayer. Well, they're kneeling anyway and kissing, rather passionately. No,
8: Francine dearest, not here, this is wrong.
7: Only in the smallest sense, in the larger vision. Oh, we belong together. Simon, darling, you must accept that we are soulmates. You know what my reading said?
8: That we were lovers in many past lives. I still harbor doubts about reincarnation, There's still enough priest in me to believe in heaven and hell and purgatory between.
7: I would like some ex-priest in me. Don't
8: blaspheme! Those two children died here.
7: Yes, they did. And they have moved on in their innocence.
8: You said you felt something.
7: I did. An evil presence when we arrived. Then in this room, two other trapped souls. But I don't think it was the children. Those sweet, sad souls have gone on to their next lives.
8: We should move on to our next task. We have a séance to conduct. Darling, now, get up.
7: All right. Dearest, we do belong together. You must tell that silly girl. That stupid child you married, tell her and set her free.
8: Divorce her? Impossible.
7: Why? You have already been excommunicated by your church.
8: It's not a question of that. I would be a laughingstock. I gave up the priesthood for her and now the star-crossed romance has gone bust? No, I have my name and my mission to preserve.
7: Is that more important than us?
8: I don't know. I honestly don't know.
7: I find myself wishing one of these ghosts, these demons we seek, would strike her down.
8: You mustn't say that.
7: She is shallow. She is selfish. She would be better off if she moved on and tried again. Perhaps a frog next time or a beetle.
8: Francine, how can a woman of your sensitivity say such hateful things?
7: It's because I love you, dearest. I love you now as I have loved you through the ages.
2: It would seem that not all of the dark forces at large in the House of Blood can be laid at the feet of dead murderer Regal Bloodworth. But as the four ghost hunters work together to ready the midnight seance, all is calm, professional. Four cameras are set around the dining room table to capture various angles. An array of candles has been lighted around the otherwise darkened room, providing a flickery, properly ghostly ambience.
8: Mr. Farrell, do you have sufficient lighting for your cameras?
6: Oh yeah, and I've checked them all. This high-tech gear is amazing. The sound on those minis will even pick up any EVPs. I admit I have my doubts about so-called
8: electronic voice phenomenon, but it seems to be accepted by many in our field.
7: It's nonsense. If spirits trapped between worlds want to communicate with this dimension, why do so by sounds the human ear can't perceive?
8: Who can say, Miss Wonder? There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy.
6: What? That guy on CSI Miami, you mean? It's a Shakespeare quote. Can we get
9: started? It's a little after midnight already.
6: Cool. Mother Nature providing some creepy production value.
2: All right. Yeah, let's get started. The little group assembles around the table. Even with the table leaf out, this requires some arm stretching for the requisite holding of hands. But they manage. Working together quite well, considering...
7: I will address you, my spirit guide, Chief Yellow Feather. Are you here, oh honored Chief? The Chief is here. Chief, is there any trapped soul in this house of blood who wishes contact with the physical world? The Chief says there is such a soul. Tell him, O oh honored chief, that we are here to help him. Tell him. Jeez,
6: did
0: you see that? I saw it. Please
8: maintain decorum.
6: Damn table lifted off the ground. Back down again. Bam. Is a window open? Did the wind get it? Rod, please just go
9: with it. I,
6: I am here, here with, with, you. with you. I, I am, am the, the
5: one, one you seek. seek. You may ask me questions, but first, the failed man God who assembled you must answer my question.
6: He means you, Doc.
8: I presume I speak to Regal Bloodworth. Ask your question.
6: Good. Can you
5: tell me? Is this hell?
8: We are in a house outside Middleton, Ohio, in the United States of America, on the planet Earth. No, I would say we are not in Hell, Mr. Bloodworth. Uh,
5: Then tell me, priest, is this purgatory?
8: It may be yours.
5: Indeed. That thought has a resonance. You see, every night I must do it again.
8: Do what again? kill them, of course. Perhaps if you could stop yourself, you would be released from this... ...spiritual prison.
5: Oh, but I don't want to stop myself. As you will see. Because because I will kill them again again. tonight.
6: Damn. How is that happening? Is it something you rigged behind my back, Doc? I can shut the cameras down before you answer.
7: What? Um, What happened? Did anything happen? Oh, was I successful? Did we reach the spirit trapped here?
2: Quietly, patiently, Dr. Quest reports to the medium about the conversation they've just had through her with Regal Bloodworth.
7: I remember none of that, but I can tell you this, despite what my previous impressions may have been, there is but one ghost. One soul, one spirit trapped in this place. You big ham.
6: Look, I don't mind us dressing things up some to make a decent TV pilot, but that crapola won't play. I am Regal Bloodworth. Really?
7: Come on. I don't have to put up with these insults.
8: Indeed you don't, Miss Wonder, Mr. Farrell. I would think that by now you would know that we maintain a high level of integrity in our inquiries there is and will be zero
2: fakery.
9: What the hell is that?
2: (gasps) A shadowy figure without substance yet distinct, like poor television reception, has entered the dining room, having come down the front stairs. The four at the table freeze and watch in stunned attention as a man in pajamas moves past them into the adjacent kitchen, where the light comes on. Dr. Quest motions for quiet, and for all to follow him into the brightly lit kitchen. He's gone.
9: Did we really see that? Oh, yes. I thought I heard a drawer opening, but everything seems in place.
8: Not everything. They're on the counter. Hell. A butcher knife. And that door to the back stairs, was it open? Did anyone leave it open? Well, it's open now.
6: Nobody touched that knife. I'll get a camera. We've got to shoot it. Do so, Mr. Farrell. I should have set up a minicam in that kitchen, too. But I already used everyone we got. Give me a second. Give me a second. I need to check something. Gotta rewind here. Ghost dude shows up on camera. That's money! Doc, stand near that knife. Gesture to it. Man, I think we've really got something here. Caught a frickin' ghost! A real, live ghost. Frickin', perhaps, but not live.
8: We need to go upstairs. That thing isn't
7: dangerous, is it? I don't believe so, but I have never seen so vivid a manifestation. Have you, Simon?
8: No, never. Shall we? Bloodworth said he must repeat his vile act every night. I suggest we
2: start with the master bedroom. But as the four ghost hunters enter the bedroom, there is no sign of their ghost in pajamas. To Dr. Quest and his wife Nikki, and cameraman Rod, there's no sign of anyone, but to Francine wonder... Do you see them? No. Anyone? No. I see a maid bed.
6: So what?
7: Mm, I see a couple. They are sleeping, restfully. They are hazy, but I can see them. I do not think the man is Regal Bloodworth.
6: So old Regal caught his wife and her boyfriend in bed together. But I never heard about any boyfriend being here, or getting himself killed.
7: No, these are... I am not sure who they are. They are friendly.
8: You said only one spirit inhabited this house.
7: I must have been wrong. I'm... I'm confused. Mine is an imperfect science. No kidding. Let us leave them in peace.
6: What, so the Ghost and PJs can hack him to death? If so,
7: we can't stop it.
6: But we can record it. Let's check the children's room. Okay.
7: I sense no spirits here. I see no manifestations. Not the children, not Regal Bloodworth.
8: So what now? I suggest we position ourselves at key spots. I'll take the top of the back stairs, Mr. Farrell, return to the murder bedroom with your handheld camera. Nikki, you take the children's room, and Francine, you roam picking up whatever transmissions you can.
7: Okay, Doc. All right. As you say, Simon.
2: Nikki shuts herself in the den, the former children's bedroom to wait. But for what? The ghost of a killer with a butcher knife?
9: Oh, oh! Damn it, Rod! You scared me!
6: What? You were expecting regal Bloodworth?
9: You're supposed to be in the murder bedroom.
6: Never mind that. This is our chance. I'll shove that pompous-ass husband of yours down those back stairs and blame it on these spooks or the excitement of the ghost hunt or whatever.
9: Rod, not here. Not now. Not after we saw that... That... W- Whatever it was, in the kitchen.
6: It's the perfect cover for us, my God! We got a dead guy who'll take the rap for us and we'll wind up with footage worth God knows how much. We caught a ghost on HD, Nikki, and your old man's about to hit the cutting room floor.
9: But it's so risky, so dangerous.
6: Look, I know just where the mini-HDs are positioned, on those stairs, and just how to trip the old boy and not get caught on camera. But what if the fall
9: doesn't kill him?
6: Easy-peasy. I'll just break his neck after the ghost knocks the camera out of the way. Hey, how come the old boy is calling that new-age witch Francine all of a sudden, and she's all Simon with him? (laughs) Maybe you got some competition, Nick.
9: My husband has about as much interest in sex as a castrato choir boy, but do look out for her. She's the wild card in this.
6: If she sees you- If she sees me shove the dock? then Regal Bloodworth will just have to claim another victim.
0: We'll return to Fangoria's Dreadtime Stories after this. And now, back to Fangoria's Dreadtime Stories and the Conclusion to House of Blood.
2: For perhaps half an hour, all is quiet. Dr. Quest takes a position near the open back stairwell. His wife, Nikki, waits in what had been the murdered children's bedroom. And in the master bedroom, where over half a century ago, Regal Bloodworth had killed his slumbering wife, is cameraman Rod Farrell waiting for the right moment to deal with Dr. Quest. But where is the psychic Francine Wonder? Ah, there she is, downstairs in the kitchen, taking that butcher knife off the counter, walking through the dining room in a zombie-like trance, butcher knife poised to stab slowly, so slowly moving up the front stairway. So quietly does she move that Dr. Quest, at his rear stairway post, does not notice her reach the top and glide into the master bedroom.
6: Francine, what the hell are you doing? I will not be your Put the
2: knife down.
0: Wake up! For a moment,
2: like a signal flickering in and out. A couple in the bed appears before Rod's astonished eyes. But the man and woman do not wake or react as Francine drives her butcher's blade again and again into the bed as if the couple were only an apparition. Rod rushes into the hall.
6: Doc! Doc!
2: What is it, Farrell? Doc,
6: your psychics come unglued. She's got that butcher knife and she's wailing away, killing the damn mattress in the murder bedroom.
8: Wait. She's coming out of the bedroom.
6: My god, Doc. She's going across the hall into the kids' room. Nikki. Nikki, look out. Ah! No.
8: Francine, what have you done?
6: She's cut next throat is what she's done, you bitch! Oh. You'll die. Put that down!
8: Francine, dearest, hear me. I know you're still in there. The demon has you. I will cast him out! Out Satanic spirit, by the power of all that is holy.
5: Do you truly think that a defrocked sinner of a priest like you has any such authority?
1: Uh, (laughs) uh, Uh,
7: Simon? Uh, Simon? Oh oh dear God, what have I done? What have I done?
2: The medium flings the bloody plague to the floor and runs from the room, where the slashed and stabbed remains of her co-workers are strewn. Fleeing the horror, she means to go down the front stairs, but something freezes her at the top, a voice that emanates from herself.
7: Join me. What?
5: Join me in this house. How lonely I have grown. Join me. Go to the rear stairs. Go. Now.
2: Francine stands at the top of the stairs. A man at the foot of those stairs, in blood-spattered pajamas, smiles serenely and crooks his finger joy The following morning is a sunny one. A few puddles and fallen branches, the only proof of the storm the night before. In Bill Harrison's real estate office, seated across from him again, are the young couple, Roger and Lisa Bloom. Another rough night, I take it?
4: God, yes. Same freaking drill ghostly figures and screams. It's just unbearable.
3: <sighs> we talked over your suggestion to bring in a team of ghost hunters and decided against it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't do any good five years ago, did it?
4: It just add it to the horror and to the body count. Now, put the ungodly pile on the market. Sell it to Hollywood, why don't you? The damn place makes that house in Amityville look like a bed and breakfast.
5: There's nothing I can say?
4: I We're packed up and on our way. We'll arrange for a moving van and get contact info to you.
2: That night, just before 10 p.m., as it does every night, a panel truck pulls up in front of the -the turn-of-the-century home on the outskirts of Middleton, Ohio. A car pulls in behind the panel truck, driven by Dr. Simon Quest himself, noted ghost hunter. Like Regal Bloodworth, he and his team are residents of the House of Blood, who, unlike the blooms, do not have the luxury
0: of moving out. We'll return to Fangoria's Dreadtime stories after these words.
2: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd wherever podcasts are available.
0: House of Blood was written for radio by Max Allen Collins. Heard in the cast were... Ogre, Joe Moe, Gary Tiedemann, Meg Falcon, Elizabeth Lado, Corey Doyle, and Carl Amari. Fangoria's Dreadtime Stories, with host Malcolm McDowell is a copyrighted radio feature produced and directed by Carl Amari Executive Producer Thomas DeFeo Associate Producer Chris Rowe Sound Design, Custom Foley Effects, Recording and Editing are produced in the Cerny American Sound to Picture Theater by Sound Designers Craig Lee, Bob Benson and Tim Cerny original music composed and conducted by chris alexander join us next time on the dark side where the night never ends for another fascinating story presented by fangoria magazine jim mccance speaking